Thank you for listening to the first episode of The Taste Podcast. Taste you can hear. Robert Strick will guide you through the wonderful world of taste. Robert will be talking to all kinds of specialists in the field of taste. The original podcast was recorded mainly in Dutch. So on this podcast, I will summarize what's been said in Dutch, but you can also hear the full English counterpart episodes. If you prefer to hear it in Nederlands, please go to the Taste Podcast NL. Let's dive in. This first episode of the Taste Podcast is entirely devoted to one of Robert's favorite flavors, vanilla. Today, he is talking to Ronald Tavier, technical tasty food ingredients consultant. And to say it very clearly, vanilla contains vanillin. Vanillin does not contain vanilla. And Juan Gadado, co-founder and managing director of Natural Extracts Industries in Moshi, Tanzania. To get enough supply, we, we had to spend a long time planting vanilla and waiting because you have to wait three, four, five years for those small farmers to grow it and then to get to a harvest stage. Under Juan's inspiring leadership, the world's tastiest vanilla is produced around Mount Kilimanjaro. Robert is delighted to be talking to these gentlemen. Beste luisteraars, allemaal hartelijk welkom. Guan, how are you? And Ronald, dank dat je aan wil zijn. Robert came into contact with Juan through his investment company, Arventum. What interested him particularly was the information about Juan's company. Vanilla is produced commercially in a process that closely involves local Tanzania farmers. Robert's interest was soon whetted because of his background in the flavor industry, and he visited Juan in the beautiful town of Moshi, Tanzania. What exactly is vanilla? Ronald Tavir explains it to us. Ja, dank jullie wel dat ik hier aanwezig mag zijn. Ja, het mooie is dat vanille is eigenlijk een soort van wijnstok. The vanilla plant is a climbing plant that requires shade. It grows underneath larger plants or trees, such as banana trees, and needs a lot of water. Large clusters of green pods grow from the pollinated parts of the plant within 15 or so months. As it grows, the plant climbs upwards along the plant that is protecting it. After some time, the pods turn brown. The seeds in the pods form the vanilla. The length of the pods must reach at least 15 centimeters before they are picked by hand. This job is usually carried out by women due to the delicate harvesting process. And uh, yeah, wij mannen zijn daar niet voor. Women's hands are more suitable than larger men's hands for the task. The vanilla pods are then fermented in a process known as sweating. Once this process is finished, the pods are almost black and they are then sorted according to length and distributed. An important fact is that these pods contain vanillin, a substance that determines the vanilla's storage life. Juan, what about Tanzania? And what actually the reason you are there with your, with your son and your wife in nice Africa? What is that? <clears throat> Thank you, Robert. Um, I landed in Tanzania on sabbatical from from London. And, oh, really? uh, London was very, you know, it's a fast-paced environment. Yeah. Very densely populated city. And uh, what we found in, in Moshi Kilimanjaro is uh, a lot of space, a yeah. lot of green, lush vegetation, uh, no, uh, rainforest and a beautiful mountain to live under. It's a very nice pace of life, I would say. It's also, um, you know, you're just very close to nature and very close to, to, to the people there as well. Yeah. And um, then you ended that seven months and then you went back to 
let's say London, and then what was the reason you came up again in 2011 or something? That what was the yeah, reason? Yeah, that's too? right. I mean, I I, I fell How in love that? with the place, and uh, when yeah. I came back. Uh, and decided that uh, we had to start something there. I mean, when you when you land in Tanzania, you 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 notice that two thirds of the population is uh, in uh, in farming essentially. Yeah. yeah and if you're going to make a, a difference in that uh, economy, then you have to do something related to to agriculture. And uh, you're not going to do something in a low value crop. You're going to yeah. choose something that that's quite high value and that you actually like to work in. And we found vanilla by by serendipity. In fact, we only found about 30 farmers. In Kilimanjaro, with about 30 kilos the first year, because uh, you can imagine that's not that's not a way to start a business. No, <laughs> that's nice actually. The, the the Kilimanjaro. Have you been? What was your highest level on the Kilimanjaro? Walking on the Kilimanjaro uh, mount. Well, we almost reached 6,000 meters. The mountain itself is 5,989 meters. <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, exact. I, <laughs> yes, exact. Uh, I don't think it's moving too much. Uh, it's. Uh, I have. I, I can say I made it to the top. I would say one direction. And then uh, I actually had a, a, a stomach infection, a stomach bug. Oh, yeah? And From so the... I hadn't eaten in, in, in like 36 hours. And so when you summit, you can imagine, right? Uh, you've got no oxygen. Um, your body's using up all the energy it has. You use about 8,000 calories oh, yeah? in those last few hours as you summit. I hadn't eaten anything. So my body just totally. shut down oh. at, uh, after we summited. And then they had to carry me back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I call it a one-way trip to Kilimanjaro. Yeah. <laughs> so next time we do it then with an helicopter. Yeah. Well, as, as I mentioned, we um, we found 30 farmers that honestly had been abandoned by the market um, back in the last uh, vanilla crisis in uh, 2003, 2004. And uh, they weren't in a good place, to be honest. But we saw the opportunity. We saw, um, you know, a certain level, level of interest. And of course... Um, a very nice crop to work with. And we knew that obviously to get enough supply, we, we had to spend a long time planting uh, vanilla and, and waiting because you have to wait uh, three, four, five years for those small farmers to um, to grow it and then to get to a harvest stage. And to convince, you know, right now we're at 6,000 farmers, over 6,000 farmers, and, and we've planted over 500,000 vines uh, across Tanzania. From, you started with planting, when was it? In, which in 2012. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you can imagine that to get those farmers to plant, yeah. you have to convince them because remember, they have been abandoned by the market. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. You get there as a, as a foreigner and you have to convince them that it's a crop that can succeed, yeah. that you will be around the next year, yeah. that when they are harvesting, you will be there to buy. Yeah. Right, and they have to believe that because they're yeah. going to spend money yeah. planting, and then they have to wait, yeah. and they have to take care of that crop. And uh, the first few years uh, was very interesting. I have to say, the, we actually used to go to the churches on Sundays yeah. and uh, evangelize vanilla, is what we said. Oh, yeah. So we would stand up after the the mass yeah. and we'd talk about vanilla. <laughs> yeah. And to this day, I still get one of our employees just told me last week. He said, uh, "Boss, uh, you remember." I remember you 10 years ago when you came to our church <laughs> and you told us about vanilla. And here I am. I'm your employee now. Oh, yeah. That is nice. Yeah, this, uh, this, this, I saw also those people. How many people are working now in the company? Uh, now we have, uh, well, we have several sites. Yeah. And so uh, in total, it's uh, it's about 350 people, oh, yeah. including the 
what we call the, the seasonal workers, right? Yeah. When we get to the harvest stage. Yeah. Yeah. And if you speak about the harvest, we, we, we speak about the, 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 the north and the south part um, mm-hmm. uh, of the country. Mm-hmm. And how do you see that? Uh, I can imagine if you are, let's say, we, we speak about, in fact, two lines. Eh? We mm-hmm. speak about the beans. Mm-hmm. We call it pots. Mm-hmm. And we speak about, let's say, the extract. Mm-hmm. Um, both lines for our, because as you know, our pod, pod, podcast is uh, developed specially for, let's say, B2B business, mm-hmm. only in the, the news sphere. We are not selling here, we are not mm. uh, bringing, we're bringing only new ideas and new tips, so to say. But if you are now, I'm, I'm making cakes, if you see the French cakes products, can you say then, well, it's better to use our so, so-called formulated uh, vanilla extracts. Yeah. How are you doing that? Uh, I, I don't believe it. How can I tell that to, to people uh, in terms of uh, our news area to say, okay, I have here an, an, an extract from the southern part and I have here an extract from the northern part, mm-hmm. beans coming from farmers from the different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a kind of creation? Is it a kind of creation of vanilla mm-hmm. uh, extract? Yeah, I mean, we have to remember vanilla, there's practically no difference in the oh, yeah. vanilla plant, no. right? Everything that we know about where vanilla is planted, uh, planifolia species yeah. around the world, is that it came from one plant taken from Mexico, yeah. right? Yeah. Back uh, several hundred years ago, yeah. taken yeah. to Europe and from Europe to the rest of the world. Yeah. And so what you really are talking about is the soils, right? The, yeah. the terroir, as, a, as, a, yeah, as yeah, a, right. the French would say it. And... and yeah. um, that is is what we're looking at, right? So we have we work in in seven regions of Tanzania, mm. Kilimanjaro, obviously our base, um, the lake uh, zone, uh, yeah. what's called Kagera, Arusha, Arusha Mount uh, Mount Meru, yeah. and then down south in what we call the Eastern Arc Mountains, yeah. uh, which is Morogoro, and it actually goes all the way up to to Tanga. And then further south, even in, in Lake Nyasa, Lake, Lake uh, otherwise known as Lake Malawi, yeah. you know, and each of those actually has a different type of uh, soil yeah. and, and imparts a different flavor profile to, yeah. to the vanilla, which is the best. I mean, honestly, I think it's 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 for uh, customers to really pick what they like. You know, yeah. vanilla is so special because it's got so many different um, profiles, profiles and compounds yeah. That, yeah. that are making it up. And and if you just change those around a little bit, you know, you're you're coming up with um with with different tastes and, and that's what really makes and it interesting yeah back to to mm. well again that that cake mm. some let's say for for standard normal mm. cakes as we call it mm. here with the muffins mm. let's speak about a relative fatty muffin mm. but there you see that after baking freezing and then in towing and then serving mm. do you have there some some ideas about what is the reason are you speaking then about the natural the, the the content of vanillin mm. is there can you measure that is that mm. has it the same taste every year or uh, mm. how mm. how can we concentrate it and mm. that that's are all important things I think that are four different things together I know yeah. in one question I have four points I think. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. I mean, vanillin is definitely the, the defining compound, let's say, and, and a good approximation of quality. Uh, what we see in Tanzania, vanilla, and, and um, in Ugandan as well, mm. is a very high percentage of, of vanillin in, in the product. What we know from the market, the global market, is that mm. the average might be something like 1.5% yep. vanillin. 
And uh, in our pods, we, we see an average of, of between 1.8 and 2%. Yeah. Um, some even go into 2.5%. Yeah. So, you know, it imparts a, a very kind of distinct um, yeah. flavor just, just from that. But in addition, it's got all those other compounds that are making yeah. it quite unique. There's definitely, I have a, a friend uh, that owns a lodge on, on, on the mountain, and, and she says she, she'll make a vanilla cake. Yeah. And it's only vanilla and, and cake mix and nothing, yeah. nothing, no other flavors. No. And people asked her, well, what is this? Yeah. I said, well, it's so vanilla brilliant. cake. Yeah. Vanilla cake. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't, they, you know, to them it's a surprise that it's got so much flavor uh, that they're not used to. And if you see then the, the, the world standard of vanilla, mm. you, know, you have a lot of, they call it then vanilla producers. In fact, is that not right? Because then you speak about vanilla extract producers, I think. What is the the country the the country in the most volume mm, mm. in in terms of the beans? Uh, Madagascar, absolutely. Yeah. Madagascar produces the most beans, right? Mm. In terms of consumption, uh, imagine that the the United States, uh, closely followed by the European Union, would be the the, the biggest markets for yeah. for the for the beans, yeah, yeah. and they then transform those right into into yeah. vanilla extracts. Um, yeah. And what we do is, is different. We will make the, the vanilla extract at, at source. Yep. It also means we control the quality yeah. at source. Um, yeah. We can make you know uh, special blends at source. Yeah. And the nice thing about that, actually, it goes into the business model of, of NEI, yeah. uh, which is that uh, you know from, from the beginning, we started this to, to benefit the farmer communities. Yeah. It means that if we make, if we add the value at source, yeah. we can pay the farmers a higher price uh, in, in during the the, the yeah. buying season. But it, it looks so nice that you can declare then, uh, let's say, the information about the innovative methods, how you are producing. You can say that in that way, it, it, is, it is an extract. Mm-hmm. You produce an extract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so nice to label then that the product is coming from Tanzania. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. nice with lovely mountains and lovely mm-hmm. country. Um, I think that's a very, very good image, actually. Mm. And do you help then customers in that field to say, okay, we help you with with labeling or we help you mm-hmm. with new ideas and we can help you with pictures and that we have all? Yeah. Do you, what do you think about that? Well, you asked earlier about the farmers and how we work with them. Yeah. This is, I think, where, where some of the, the, the value can be translated to the, to the food manufacturer and eventually to the, to the end consumer, which is that, first of all, we have a traceability system, a digital yeah. traceability system. And every farmer is... Is mapped uh, with GPS coordinates. Uh, oh yeah, we know yeah. their name, their family. It's um, unique, is it? Uh, it's customized by us. Yeah. Um, you know, some of some of the the, the large uh, commodity players yeah. in the market uh, have similar, but uh, this is specific to vanilla. There we can see. Okay, they planted fifty vines in three years. We'll have this much uh, every year. Mm. We know. Well, you know, they planted you know five more. They they might have lost two. So we can see exactly what's uh, what's happening at the farmer level. Uh, we can understand if they've had, you know, good rains, bad rains. If they've suffered from water stress, any diseases, and we go help them to to resolve those issues. But the the important thing for 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 the market is to understand that because we're we're extracting it um, at source, we're maintaining that traceability mm-hmm. from yeah. the farm to the flavor to the extract, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is very difficult to do if you if you do it elsewhere because you you lose the traceability as soon as it leaves our premises. You lose that traceability. It stops there. You don't know what happens afterwards. But for our extracts, we know the farmer, 
we know what truck it came in. We know yeah. who touched it during processing. Yeah. We know how long it stayed in sun drying, yeah. uh, and all the way to to the extraction. Yeah. And that can even be presented as a as a barcode to to, to customers, so they can see this traceability yeah. themselves. Uh, that's very important. Uh, I learned that from the past. That is, um, so you have then an. GFSI certificate, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you have a religion certificate. Roland, yeah. what do you think actually about, uh, let's say, the whole situation if you speak about where is the product coming from? We call it creation at source, I would say. And where do you see the, the possibilities in terms of, let's say, in the liquor industry, for example? Is that interesting for that kind of industry? We have a lot of customers in the in the past in our in nowadays we are looking in our news podcast about things in that direction to see how can we help in that direction to inform uh, let's say the source and also the traceability and the sustainability. What do you think about that? Let's say for a drink. I think general. that it depends a little bit on the market. Um, there is a market who is not interested in source because they're simply interested in the taste of the product or the yeah. format or the yeah, price. Right. But yeah. in the higher segments, we see yeah. that a lot of people are interested in the origin. And th- I think that the last uh, few years, what became very important is that only men- mentioning the source on the label is yeah. not enough anymore. People want to see more. They want to understand what's meant with that source. And I think that especially what just was explained by, uh, by Juan is the fact that you have an app and the fact that you have all that that information available. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, one famous example, which was in Holland. There was a chips, uh, a potato chips producer, and he could even tell you on the pack which was the which was the guy who or the or the lady who baked these chips before yeah. it went into the into the bag. In the beginning, everybody said that's ridiculous. Who wants to know? But yes, people want to know, and people feel connected to that source. So I think that in case people would know, hey, listen, uh, I have a liquor, and in that there is a vanilla and that vanilla is coming from 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 Ney in this case and yeah. if I would ask they could even tell me what the name of the farmer mm. was and at what moment it was harvested in what season I think that some people will indeed do that and get a sort of comfort zone out of that yeah on the other hand I find it very much needed also traceability is also connected to responsibility and in this case the more you go in depth and the more you're able to get back to the source and and source means in this respect all almost back to the vine, the more responsibility you take for your process and thus the more responsibility that you take for your business. So for me, it's also a label of responsibility. And that I think everybody understands of, of being important. Yes, but I think also the pronunciation. I see here, for example, a product, they call it vanilline suiker. In our own language, vanilline suiker. For me, is that a little bit different if I speak about vanilline, vanille. Suiker. What can you tell about that in in uh, in that the difference between vanilline suiker and what do you have with vanille suiker? What what we know all the small packaging you know them from from. Uh, in some countries, yeah, in some countries there is a, there is a legislation for vanilla sugar or vanillin sugar. Yeah. Uh, the word as such explains a lot already. Vanillin yeah. sugar is vanillin yeah. on sugar. Vanillin is a, is a molecule which exists in vanilla as such. Yeah. But we also are able to uh, synthesize that uh, that molecule. Either we can create it from oil, either we can create it from paper. Yeah. Uh, both are available. Yeah. And that is also what I think is important to say. A lot of people think they believe to know vanilla, but in a lot of cases, people know vanillin. Typical Dutch taste is vanillin. 
we are not so used to vanilla. Whenever you go to France, you will mainly get vanilla instead yeah, of vanillin because clear. the French are used in their bakery and in their cuisine. They are used to vanilla. So I think it's also part of an education again, yeah. and which is a continuous edu- education to the market to explain them what is vanilla and to say it very clearly, vanilla contains vanillin, vanillin does not contain vanilla. And in that respect, I I say that a lot of people can learn about vanilla and they already have known vanillin for years without understanding. Okay, Juan, thank you very much. Thank Um, you, Robert. I would say Ronald very much as well. Juan, have a good flight back home to nice Africa. I like it very much. And see you again soon. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Tot de volgende reis. Dank je wel. Dank je wel. If you want more information on this episode or get into contact please visit our website, thetastepodcast.com. This is a Robert Strick production. Thank you for listening.